challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Hey, before I dive in today, what book are you reading that feeds your soul with themes of great manhood, of noble manhood, of righteous manhood? It can be a Stephen Mansfield book. It can be a John Eldridge book. It can be a Robert Bly book, all sorts of wonderful books. But make sure that you are reading something all the time that has to do with great manhood. This, our society's pushing against us. Our own souls push against us. Our history pushes against us. Some of the people around us push against us. And so we've got to be feeding and, and growing and pushing back from the inside out. That's my exhortation for you. Now, I want to talk to you today about one of the characteristics of manhood I most admire and that I think makes for powerful men. It's going to sound counterintuitive to a lot of you. And that is, I want to talk to you about humility. There's hardly any other characteristic I admire more or find more powerful in the life of a man than humility. Now, I'll admit straight up that I admire humility, that I value humility because I'm a Christian, and my Bible tells me that God opposes the proud but exalts the humble. So no question, I start there. I start with that exhortation. I start with the understanding that humility is something God values, God looks for, God works through, that his work in the life of a man produces. And also, by the way, I follow Jesus, and Jesus was humble. Now, he was fierce. He was even violent a couple of times. Uh, He was a man's man in every possible way, but he is the epitome. He is the exemplar. He is the perfect representation of humility. And that's what I aspire to be. So I don't want to couch this as though it's just a motivational talk. (laughs) There's no question that I have religious, spiritual motivations to try to inculcate humility in my life. And I recommend the same to you. But there there are a number of other things I want to bring out about this issue of humility, which is, I believe, essential to a man being his best, being his most powerful. See, there's always a parallel between spiritual truth and the practical truth of our lives. As I've just said, I want humility because it pleases God. I want humility because I'm patterning my life after Jesus Christ, who's my Lord. But at the same time, there are tremendous practical reasons uh, for humility also. It all works together. It's all part of the same whole cloth. It's not like you're being spiritual and somehow that's an opposition to what's best for you or your family or your relationship with your wife or what have you. Uh, Spiritual wisdom, spiritual truth, uh, spiritual calling is consistent with what's best for you in every other area of your life, your business life, your fathering, etc. So uh, I believe that humility is essential for a man, and a man ought to be working it into his life, because humility is rooted in the truth. Humility springs from a man embracing the truth about himself. By the way, humility is not insecurity. It's not weakness. Um, it's not indecision. It's not a nervous, vibrating, you know, shaky, hesitating kind of thing. Um, humility is, in my view, exactly what I'm just saying now. It's rooted in the truth of who I am. I am a flawed human being. I am an incomplete human being. I am a man who has made mistakes in the past. I will make mistakes 
in the future. I don't have everything in myself that I need. I need more than I am. I don't know everything I need to know. I need to learn. I need to be open to new. I need to be open to others. So humility springs from a man having a firm grasp on the truth about himself. Doesn't matter how much he's accomplished, doesn't matter what trophies are on his shelf, doesn't matter what awards he's gotten or how much he's in the press. The fact is, no man is an island, as we're told by the poet. Uh, No man stands alone. No man has everything he needs. He's incomplete. He's flawed. Okay? And so... uh, this idea that it's rooted in the truth is is really important. A, a man who has embraced the truth about himself has begun the journey towards humility. In fact, he's embracing humility. He's also becoming and uh, and begun the journey towards being a man of consequence, towards being a man of meaning, towards being a man of depth. I embrace the truth about myself. Stephen Mansfield's got some stuff that's good. He's got some things that are stellar. He's got some things that he's accomplished some stuff. He's got some skills. He's got some stuff he can be happy about and proud of. But Stephen Mansfield is absolutely incomplete. Stephen Mansfield is absolutely flawed. Stephen Mansfield absolutely needs the eyes of his band of brothers upon him. Stephen Mansfield absolutely needs to be coached. He absolutely needs a great many resources he does not have on his own. I'm talking about inside of myself, not material resources. And so the beauty of humility is that it is rooted, it creates, perhaps I should say, it's all the same thing. It grows out of and it creates an honest understanding of who you are, an embracing of the truth about yourself. How many people would have been saved from disaster? How many men would have been kept from absolutely destroying their lives and the lives of others if they had walked in humility? If they had said, for example, yeah, I'm a star in the NFL, but I don't have everything I need. That's where I shine on the gridirons where I shine. But man, I don't know how to handle my money. I, I, I was unfa- I'm unfathered. I don't know how to walk righteously and cleanly with women. I, I, need, I need older brothers to teach me some stuff. I need to be in church. I need to be hanging with some guys who have done it successfully. I need to find the guys on the team who have good marriages and are good fathers and let them teach me. You see what I'm saying? That's humility. That's humility. Doesn't mean the guy can't be proud of himself for being the best running back ever uh, on the gridiron and being on television all the time. What he's got to know, though, is when he steps out of his uniform, he can be an idiot. I can be an idiot. You can be an idiot. By the way, idiot comes from the Greek word idiotes, which means unlearned one. And we're all unlearned in certain areas of our lives. So that's, that's, that's the beginning of wisdom. That is the basis of wisdom. That is the primary contribution of humility in this situation. And that is that we are living in the truth about ourselves. And this brings another benefit, which is very important to me, and that is it clears my eyes of ego. It clears my mind, my heart, my out of my eyes, the way I see myself. Um, the idea, the, the ego, vaunted stuff, overstated stuff. You know, we live in a social media age and everybody's branding themselves and everybody's promoting themselves and everybody's, you know, putting themselves forward in some way. Well, uh, humility, though, clears my eyes of the blinding force of ego. I, I, I don't just go around believing I'm God's gift to everything. I don't go around believing that I'm the best of all things. I don't go around believing that I'm, that I'm top shelf on every subject, everything, that I'm always right, that I cannot be wrong. 
In fact, I walk around assuming, and it, it's a great it's a great protection for me that I walk around assuming, you know, I, I, I can be wrong. So ego, self-centeredness, seeing yourself as huge in your own eyes, big and important and walking around with a sense of self-importance, that's blinding. That keeps you from seeing truth. It keeps you from seeing um, what you're really made to do. It blinds you to the stuff that's important in life. You can't have a great marriage if you're eaten up with ego. You can't be a great father if you're eaten up with ego. You aren't going to be an effective band of brother, a member of a band of brothers. You're not going to be an effective leader. People quickly figure out that, that some leaders are just in it for themselves and they're big old egotistical blowhards, and they're not going to follow that person. Those, those leaders fail. We could go on and on and on with this. So humility gets my ego, the blinding clouds of ego out of my eyes, blows them away. Humility says, look, I've, I'm good at some stuff. I got some things that are, that are good you know, quality about me. I got a lot I don't have, a lot that's flawed, a lot that's messed up. I need others. I need more. I need wisdom. I need God. I need friends. I, I, I've got, there, there are other things outside of me that I need in order to be a complete and effective man. And so it, it removes the, the power of ego. A lot of what is motivational talk these days, even a lot of what is athletic coaching, is a lot about ego. But I've said it many times on this podcast, when I was playing football for the few years that I did, the guy who scared me was the big, quiet guy who came over and shook my hand and very polite and look forward to seeing you on the field. May the best man win and uh, very polite, very warm. And I thought, that, that's the guy who's going to kill me. <laughs> That's the guy I got to watch out for because he was the one. Now, the guy running around talking smack, picking fights, talking about how he was the best ever and talking about how, you know, you're about to get a taste of me kind of thing. I mean, I'd ignored that guy. He went down in the first play. But the quiet, big guy who obviously had gone deep, had some humility, it meant, it meant he had looked at himself. It meant he knew who he was. It meant he, he probably had improved his game in the areas he needed to because he had the humility to clear the ego from his eyes and see truthfully who he really was and what he really needed. That was the guy who was going to clean my clock if I wasn't ready. All right? Uh, the, 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 one of the fruits of humility that I really love is that it causes me to value the gifts of others. Like I've said already in this podcast, I have certain gifts and I'm grateful for them. And some of them are, you know, shine. But I don't have most of what I need in life of myself. For example, I've used this illustration many times. I'm pretty good at the philosophical, the political, the verbal, that kind of, that, that section of knowledge, intellectual things. I'm good with languages. I'm good with words. Obviously, I've written through almost 30 books. I mean, you know, that's my area. Tell you what, I can barely balance my checkbook. Thank God I'm married to a woman who has degrees in higher math. Um, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not that good at it. It takes me a little bit longer to do everything that involves math. It even takes me a little bit longer to learn some things about computers. Um, it's not that I'm, you know, retarded or damaged or in any way. It's just that I have some strong gifts and the stronger your gifts in one area, often the weaker your gifts in some other areas. So I need Bev. I need the accountants. I need what we jokingly call the bean counters. When I lead an organization, I've got to have somebody else keeping an eye on the numbers and the stats and that kind of thing. I'm not good at it. But you see, what, what humility does is cause me to recognize that and value that. It causes me to value people with those gifts and, and a thousand other gifts too. Um, I have my relational skills, but I'm not the guy usually to go break new ground relationally. So I surround myself by people who are the real go-getters. I mean, people who just get on an airplane and before it's over, they're talking to 40 people. That is not me. I've got my Bose headphones on and I'm reading a book. 
but I want to be with people who break new ground relationally because I want to impact a lot of people, lead a lot of people, do a lot of good in the world, help a lot of people. Well, you, 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 you can't be uh, an introvert gone to seed and try and change the world. You got to crawl out of your shell. You got to have people pull you in that direction. I value those gifts. I need those people. I need people who have a different view of the world than I do. So humility causes you to recognize what you don't have and what others have that you need, not in a sort of a, you know, consume them, dominate them, cannibalize all your relationships kind of way, but in a sense that you honor them and you recognize what they can do and you admire it. I play a little guitar, but I have a friend who's a professional classical guitarist. Oh my gosh, his gifts are amazing. Well, doesn't mean I can't enjoy what little I do, but I need him. I need musicians in my life. I need artists in my life. I need poets in my life. You understand what I'm saying? So humility causes you to be confident in what you do and recognize what you do, but then also recognize the vast array of things or arenas in which you need other people. Very, very important. Humility also causes me to approach life with an openness. Some people are rigid and cold because they pretty much concluded that they know everything they need to know. But but a humble man, a humble man isn't insecure. A humble man isn't just, you know, uh, never never certain about life. He walks in confidence. He knows who he is. And he also knows who he isn't. But uh, But a humble man also recognizes that there's wisdom out there he doesn't have yet. There's truth out there he doesn't know. Uh, that, yeah, he's got his degrees and he's got his learning and he's got his knowledge. But somewhere there's a guy who knows more than he does. Somewhere there's people who, who've got information he needs. And so he approaches life with openness. I'm, I'm, I'm open in my faith. I'm open in my, in my academic fields. I'm open in uh, my knowledge of things. I, don't, I, I know I don't see things 100% correctly. Um, I know I don't perceive things exactly correctly. I know my mind can, sometimes can distort things. There's wisdom out there. There's truth out there. I'm open. I'm open to the mystery. I'm open to the adventure. I'm open to learning. I read and I study and I travel a lot. And I try to learn as much as I possibly can. I get it, get people all the time to teach me what they know. But there's mystery. There's nuance. There's there's more out there. And And how engaging a man who's open is. I have no problem telling a guy, man, I am amazed at what you know. Can you talk to me about that? And, and, and it draws people in because only the arrogant schmuck um, shuts down everybody and acts like, well, you, well, you need to be learning from me. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you. But I, I can learn from a 16-year-old. I can learn from a waiter. I can learn from a child. I can learn from uh, the guy driving the Uber. I can I learn all kinds of things because I'm open. What makes that openness? A basic humility. I'm not saying I've got it complete, but I'm saying the humility makes you open to the world being more complex, more advanced, containing more than you know right now. I'm going to know it, but I don't know it yet. And so I'm open and I'm eager and I'm excited. And Everything I'm doing this on this day, right? I'm talking about this little 24-hour period of my life in which I'm recording this, the meetings that I have, the things I've got going in DC, the people I'll talk to on the phone, the things I'll read, the things I'll see on television, the things people will tell me. I'm excited. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm increasing. And by the way, that was an important word I just used. I'm growing. That openness produces growth. That's what humility produces in your life. It can lead to growth. Okay. And one of the things that I find extremely relaxing about humility, one of the one of the benefits of humility is, you know, I don't have to push myself forward. 
I don't necessarily have to promote myself. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. Yeah, there's lots of PR out there. I get introduced a lot, and there are introductions, and there's, uh, you know, I probably, I don't know, half a million dollars have been spent on promotion and PR in my life about me. So I'm not saying promotion is wrong. I'm not saying PR is wrong, but I don't have to force myself forward. I trust God. I trust others. I trust the plan. I don't have to. Humility says I don't have to necessarily make everything happen. I I don't have to be pushing myself forward all the time. I'm not the cause. I'm not the purpose. I'm not the point. And so humility lets me relax a bit, trusting God, trusting others, knowing that things will happen that need to happen in the providence of God. Uh, and that, that Stephen is not the most important thing. Sometimes other folks need to be other things, uh, need to be the important thing. Sometimes um, ca- the causes that we're all gathered around, it's not about me. It's not about me. And that's liberating because it means that things can unfold the way they're intended to unfold without Stephen having to have you know, his, his name, his cause, his face, his purposes, his reputation, his record, his resume on supercharge all the time. Now, humility is both a, a force in your life. It's also the, the product of your life. It's both. And so what, what you've got to begin to do if you want to begin to inculcate humility in your life is begin to uh, figure out a, a number of things about yourself. First of all, read a little bit about humility. Think a little bit about humility. If, if you're a scripture a Bible reader, memorize, learn some of the scriptures that are about humility. Get Start getting a fix on uh, humility, what it is, its value, and how it's important. Um, in my book, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, I wrote a chapter on humility. Um, it uses Booker T. Washington as an example. I'm very moved by the story I tell in there uh, about Booker T. Washington. So get that book, read that, read other things about humility. Get a sense of what humility is. Again, not insecurity, not fear, not, not just a absolutely agonizing lack of confidence, etc., uh, but instead a clear-eyed grasp on who you are and who you aren't, and a clear-eyed, I believe it's important, that there's also a clear-eyed submission uh, to a God who is actually in charge. That's what produces the greatest humility for me, is that there is a God who is actually in charge, and I'm not. I often joke that God's job description uh, is, is to do whatever he wants, and that the most important lesson I can learn is that God is God, and I am not. And that helps me a great deal. Then once you've got this sense of, of what humility is, begin to look in your life at areas that are where you're not walking in humility, where there's ego, where there's arrogance. You know, Normally, uh, pride, arrogance, and ego surge covers up deep insecurity. People whom we think are prideful, people who we think are boastful, are often compensating for agonizing insecurities. Ask yourself if that's the case in your life. By the way, as men, if we've had very harsh, undermining, sarcastic, cutting fathers, um, often that produces a kind of insecurity, and our anger, our, our angry response is, well, screw you. I, I'm, I'm as good as anybody else. And we start telling the world how good we are to compensate for the fact that somewhere in our background, Somebody was telling us we weren't worth anything. Most men who have ego problems actually have uh, wound and insecurity problems. See if that dynamic's working in your life. And then begin to recognize, begin to practice and put into practice the, the, the patterns of humility, preferring others. The habits of humility is really what I mean. Uh, preferring others. Um, 
understating yourself a little bit. You know, you don't need to tell somebody your resume five seconds after you meet them. Well, I'm not really that important. How are you doing today? You know, or or whatever. Um, Figure out ways that you can prefer each other, make yourself small in your own, prefer others, I mean, make yourself small in your own eyes. Uh, Go small, take a step back. Again, not out of not out of fear or insecurity or self-doubt, but out of a recognition that there's a power in humility. There's a power in not preferring yourself and pushing yourself forward. There's a power in preferring others and letting other things come to the fore. You do that. You do that to the glory of God. You ask God's help. I'm telling you, you're going to find yourself in a more powerful, stable, secure position than ever. You're going to find yourself more engaging. Your eyes are going to be able to see, be clear of ego and be able to see into the life of your wife or your girlfriend or your kids, your band of brothers, your friends, uh, the people you lead at work. You're going to be able to see more clearly. You're going to be able to serve better. You're going to be able to understand and be more compassionate because humility will be working in your soul. Now, listen, humility is a more important topic than I can possibly bring fully to the fore uh, in just a 10 or 15 minute podcast. But I want you to make humility one of the central goals, one of the central themes and pillars of your pursuit of noble manhood. It is essential. It is, it will unleash things in your soul. It will free you from burdens you aren't supposed to bear. It will cause you to see yourself clearly, therefore, and thereby know what you need, know what you need to add, know your need of others. You'll grow, you'll improve, you'll have greater peace. And if, it, if this is important to you, you will please God and put yourself in a position where he can exalt you. And I'll tell you what, to me, success is basically being exalted by God. Put myself in a position where the living God exalts me to my purpose, to my destiny. Join me in that and let's walk it out together because this is one of the great arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men. Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, building your band of brothers and men on fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.